0: this is the second this is the second talk in a in a two talk series about uh, some opportunities for housing facing that are open to us as a church right now last week in talk number 1 i uh, went through and and explained how these opportunities fit into our wider vision now i'm going to give a whistle stop um recap of that but it's not going to be good, as good as last week. Thank you. It was really good last week, according to Simon. This will do as a text. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, man. Text received. So um, please listen to last week. I personally think this is of real importance for us as a church right now. So please um, catch up. And if you're watching this uh, on the live stream, then you can get it on Facebook or YouTube week number one. I'll also put this one up. So here is the recap. Once I've prayed, let's pray. Father, thank you. Uh, thank you that you have a call on this church that's been unfolding for hundreds of years. Thank you that you're still active and at work. You're still calling us forwards to take ground, to grow. To pursue the four dreams that you gave us 20 years ago. And we really want to follow your lead. So make yourself clear. Please, God. Amen. So here's the recap. All right. Hope's vision is on the banner behind us as well. It's called Beach and Boats. The boats are a small communities of people who are going out into the world to establish the kingdom of God by living out hope's uh, vision and values where they are. And our values are or our culture is living free. We're doing a course currently on Wednesday nights. Four more to go. You're welcome to join. Don't worry about missing the first one. We'd love to have you, please, Wednesday nights, 7.30 till 9. Uh, email the office if you're interested. And uh, Living Free Culture and our four dreams. Our four dreams are being a church that children love, being at the heart of our community, being a prayer center for the city, and being a home for those on the margins of society. So our boats, we we, we in order to be a hope boat, you've got to express those two things not necessarily in their fullness you don't have to do all fullness of the four dreams but we want to see aspects of our four dreams in what you're doing and the other thing about our boats are so they have got to be missional hope culture and you can't be doing it by yourself okay jesus never sent anyone out by themselves always in twos at the very least now those boats as you can see on this drape kind of because it's being blocked but last week i moved the board so if you want to see the drape then watch the talk last week um The boats are going out and about and they're doing the work that God's called them to. And then they come back to the beach and the beach is um, this kind of, it's this physical location. And in the beach, there's a place of recovery for people. There's a place of prayer and worship. There's a place for community investment. And the beach resources the boats. So what happens here empowers and resources the boats that are going out into the deep water now, this is a vision that somebody had in 2001 for this church, and it still describes, we believe very well, of how we are called to operate. This is you. <clears throat> Sorry. I thought my voice had broken already. <laughs> wow, weird. All right. <laughs> uh, this is you. And um, when we look at you, this is what we see. Your mirror may be lying. <laughs> All right. And uh, you are called to both the beach and the boats, but with a different weighting to anybody else. Some people are primarily called to the beach. Some people are primarily called to the boats. But there will be a relationship with every member of hope to both. Okay, but the weighting will be different. A way that we use to describe that or explain that is to look at two different types of Bible characters with how they related to the temple in their time. So King David is one, as a rise, loving this, uh, King David is, he loves the temple, but he is out fulfilling his calling as a king of Israel. And so he's quite busy, doesn't get to go there very often, but he's really engaged still, really loves it, but not very present because he's in his boat cracking on. Or you've got people like Anna and Simeon. They're present in the beginning of Luke's gospel, which is in the New Testament. And they turn up, they, they spend a lot of time at the temple. And when Jesus is brought to the temple to be dedicated, they're there and they, and they speak what God says to them about Jesus over Jesus. So they're there, in Anna's case, all the time. She literally spends all her time praying, and worshipping in the temple. So hope people will exist somewhere on this scale in terms of their relationship to this location. A King david kind of person is no more or no less hope than an Anna or Simeon kind of person. Okay, Whether you're here rarely, but committed to the vision and values and living it out where you are, or whether you're here all the time, you're just as hope. One thing I said last week, which is really important, is somebody who's passive, who's not here because they're just not engaged, they're not really part of a boat, they're not connected relationally. A passive person doesn't feature on this scale. Okay, This is not an explanation of passivity. This is an explanation of people actively living out their callings. Make sense? Wonderful. So what I want to do is zone, zone in on the beaches. If you were here last week, sorry for the repeat, but can't do any harm. harm. So on the beach that place of resource about this location, it's a a place of continual expression of our four dreams. And we describe that as a minster. So a minster is somewhere where there's a constant expression, expression of a call of God in a place. Chris can explain more about what a minster is, but in a nutshell, that's what it is. Someone had a picture of a beehive where there's lots of bees related to it and they're flying about and there's a central location. And that's kind of what a minster is. There's always stuff happening. There's always activity. We believe that this place is meant to be Always expressing our four dreams. We're not there yet, but whether you come on a Monday morning, a Thursday night, a Saturday afternoon, or a Sunday morning, there'll be stuff happening that is an expression of our four dreams. That's where we want to get to. That's what the beach is called to. And there are some people like Anna and Simeon who are called to have a particularly key relationship with the beach, with this location. In order for that to happen, they need to be present and they need to be local. Because they can't fulfill that vision unless they're here. Because that's the nature of their calling. Yeah? Makes sense? wonderful you can always ask me questions afterwards over we go uh yes and then i said last week that this has actually been how hope's been functioning ever since it started that some people who are part of hope have been called to be um, right ingrained in this community outworking a call of god right here silas and annie started the church because they were doing that in this community thanks honey that's my daughter just applauding me yeah thanks honey thanks <laughs> It's taken months of training to try to get that right. <laughs> um, now, I drew this graph. And this graph is a representation of the average cost of property in the locality um, against time. And it goes up sharply. And what, what I said last week, and better and in more detail last week, is that we have got to a point now where money is preventing the Anna and the simians from fulfilling their call here. Where money is meant to facilitate calling. So money is meant to serve what God is doing, not prevent what God is doing. Okay? More detail in the talk last week. Here we go. And we've got three opportunities, three um, things that are open to us right now that could be ways in which we can facilitate people who are called to be a bit like Anna and Simeon, actively involved in this locality to fulfill their calling. Okay? These are not... Sorry. Oh, sorry. Someone dropped something. Th- these are not. Um, these are not about housing first and foremost. These are about facilitating calling first and foremost. Okay, that's really important. We are. We do not have a vision for bricks and mortar. We have a vision for people. And in order to facilitate those people, bricks and mortar are involved. Actually, bricks and mortar is no longer a very valid phase because, uh, phrase because, especially with this one, they probably won't be used. But anyway. Didn't think you were going to get construction jokes, did you? Okay. So, sorry, 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 I'm rushing. That is where, that's where the recap ends. And I need to, I need to go from fifth gear down to first gear. I need to slow down because I want to take us through this week is all about um, going into these three opportunities in more detail and explaining um, the story so far, what we've done, what we're yet to do and how you can get involved. Okay. Um, please interrupt and ask questions as I go. If I say something you think, oh, that didn't make sense, just interrupt me, okay? Just say, Andrew, I've got a question. And I'll say, tell it to me. And we'll then have a conversation about your question. So, um, three things. 264, that's an address of a property just down the hill from here. Silas and Annie uh, moved in there. Silas and Annie are our founding pastors. They moved there about 20, 22 years ago. Um, roughly. And someone from the church bought the property to enable them to live out their call to this community, both as pastors of this church, but also to use it as a place where um, homeless people or people coming out of prison could actually live in their basement and they could support them through recovery. They'd been doing that in their flat up in Clifton, but it got too small because they got five kids. Yeah, tricky. So someone bought the property and they then lived in it. And um, it's an amazing, challenging, up-and-down story, but I do recommend you talk to them about it. The person who owned that, when Silas Nanny moved out about, um, well, I don't know, 10 years ago, um, a community of young adults moved in, and they had a vision to be a Christian community and, and trying to live that in the local area. Now we're at the point where the person who owns it would like to sell it. Charlie and Lucy Caron have moved in, and... Um, are are wanting to lead a community who are passionate about discipling youth in this area, okay? So that's what I'll go into more detail later. Hope Annex, just next door to us on our land is a small patch of land just above the crypt that there is enough space to build a one-person dwelling. And we are exploring whether we could facilitate somebody living there who's been on a journey out of recovery and or prison and or addiction, who's now called to be a part of the minster life of the church whether we can facilitate them fulfilling that call by providing affordable accommodation on our land the person that we've identified in the in the now that we think that's for is aaron but long term it's for someone who's had a similar story to him who's journeyed with the church and has come to a place where they think their calling is to do with this place i'll go into more detail finally hope into action hope into action is a charity. That, that through people investing in the charity buy properties close to local churches to house three or four people who are homeless, who are coached and supported by members of that church to get their lives back on track. Those are three opportunities. Shall we go for a deep dive into each one? Yeah, woo! Okay, get your snorkels on. Deep dive. Hope into action. So, here's the vision. Every single one is a vision about people. So, you will see I've written the, the vision for each one. To enable us as a church, hope to house and support the homeless. That's what this is about. Now, I've drawn a big circle because there are two people who are leading on this project. And so, if you have more questions about how to get involved, you need to speak to one of them. They are Peter Westbury, who's not here, and Esther Lambert who is here. If you want to talk about this project today, come and talk to me today. But long term, if you have information, I'm going to be connecting you with Peter and Esther because they're leading on the project. Now across the city, there are four or five churches who are um, working with this charity to buy property in, in the in the short to medium term. We talked; The CEO spoke at Hope a little while ago and a number of people said, you know what, I'd be interested in coaching and working with mentoring somebody who lived in that property. We're now at a position where um, we're kind of ready to go. And the two things that we need from you, if God is saying it of you, we need coaches, coach, and we need a house. H was for house. And um, I'm not asking for your house, (laughs) Just to make that clear, uh, we need to find a property within walking distance of hope that can have three to four people. So if you see one that's for sale, let me know. If you know of anyone selling who you think would be interested, let me know. But keep your eyes open. If you're interested in becoming a coach to work with people who are uh, that we are housing locally through support, through mentoring, please come and speak to me. Those are the primary ways that we can get involved. Any questions on this opportunity? Simon actually do it over the microphone so everyone can hear so the coaches presumably will live wherever in the city why the desire to have the house near hope yep so coaches can live anywhere in the city um, but we'd love them to be part of our church. The Hope into Action charity, their model recommends that the property is within walking distance of the church so that the people who are living there have a, a sense of, um, local support, that there's a sense of it being their local church that's backing them up. So it's actually their model more than our restrictions. Sarah.
1: Um, so you mentioned you're looking for a house. Do, so where do the funds for the house come from? Or do you have the funds for the house? Would you find the house first and then find the funds?
0: What a wonderful question. We have no money for this. But I don't think we need to. So <laughs> Hope into Action as a charity have uh, a number of investors who invest with them to allow them to buy property in the local area. Now, they do um, encourage churches that they partner with to see if any of their church members want to invest money with them to enable them to buy property in the local area. The reason I'm not saying that to you is because if you are looking to invest your money in property, uh, I would like you to do it somewhere else that I will explain in a minute. Uh, I want to prioritise any investment potential in another property. Um, If we found out that there was maybe too much money available that the church Members wanted to invest. We could invest through them to uh, enable us to buy a house, but I, we don't think we need to do that. If that makes sense. So, Hope into Action currently have money ready to buy property to enable a local church to coach people who are homeless. To answer your question, one thought, any other questions. Charles and Mervin, did you have one? No. Just, uh, what will the coaching involve? Uh, so. Yeah, how, yeah what, what sort of people are you looking for to do coaching and what, what sort of how,
1: how often will they be coaching and what will they be doing
0: uh, sorry I'd love to answer that because I was about to say I can't answer that question other than to say Charles we're looking for people like you <laughs> so um,
1: Hope Interaction run a brilliant model where they work with the church and they employ someone called an empowerment worker So the empowerment worker works with the tenants on more of a professional basis, collecting rent, dealing with referrals, eviction, that kind of stuff, the kind of tough love, your room's messy, clear it up, you haven't done your dishes, blah, blah, blah. The church is more of a kind of friendship and support. Instead of coach, I probably use the term friendship and support, where they provide the kind of wraparound, you basically building relationship and friendship with the tenants. Um, Hope Interaction provides all the training for the church, and so you're fully equipped, and it's really... The the, the model's really, really safe. It's been going for 10 years, and um, they've got 100 houses in the UK supporting over 250 people. Um, I think it's a brilliant uh, model. So I've worked with homeless people for many years, I think it's a really safe way of doing it. (laughs) The empowerment worker does the kind of tough stuff and the Christians come in and they go, we love you and we're for you. We want to teach you how to cook. We can take you to the shops. You know, we're here for you to build on your strengths. So, yeah, I think the boundaries are really good.
0: Important to say, though, that we're not looking off the back of today to... um, if If you expressed an interest today we're not going to give you the number of someone to coach straight away. You know, there's going to be a process of finding out more information of this is just like, this is how you could get involved. If you want to explore it more, then keep a lookout because we're going to be sharing information on how we can do that, how you can explore these opportunities. But why don't we change that to uh, not coach? So, um, friendship and support. So, if I've done my homework. Okay, Um Oh, writing at an angle, I'm gonna put friend in unintelligible writing. So I'm gonna move on because I think the other two are gonna, are gonna take a little bit more time. So if you have more questions, I um, don't know. We will, we will give, if, if you're interested, then we'll, we'll run evenings or times where you can get more info like that. But that is the, that's the bare bones of what this opportunity is. The second one, whoop hope annex okay so the vision is to enable someone called to the minster life of the church and who has journeyed with us through their recovery to fulfill their call by living on site that's the vision to enable someone well i just said it i shan't repeat it that's the vision okay it's not to build a property it's to facilitate that the story is that three people independently had the idea of Aaron living on site. So when that happened, um, Chris and I had a conversation where we said, "We think this is worth exploring." I think Rebecca was involved as well, actually. And so um, I then thought, "Well, who do I know who who, who could help me explore the pos- possibility of building a small property on a micro site?" Maybe Jez Sweetland and Jesse Wilde who do this every day. So I spoke to them and Jez says, why don't you get in touch with... Well, there's a, there's a program running, a competition running by the Archbishop of Canterbury's Commission for Housing for projects looking to do what you're doing. And they're going to pick a few projects and give them support to develop a brief. So I said, that sounds good. So we put an application in and were selected by the commission to be one of the projects they supported. We got, I think it was three pro bono days of two professional consultants who have a history of developing housing for people who've been through prison or homelessness and who've worked a lot with modern methods of construction, which is a relative, well, it's not new, but it's a, a, a blossoming area of construction that uses new and innovative building materials that are uh, more ecologically friendly, but can also access difficult to access sites for traditional building uh, methods. And they put us in, they basically developed a brief that said, this is the kind of thing you could do. And why don't you talk to these people, these constructors who would be interested? So we did that. We've spoken to a few, three people are interested, uh, three manufacturers are interested, and they wanted us to get some surveys. And the church members approved that we spent up to £5,000 getting some surveys done. We've had those surveys done. So where we're up to now, so I meant to write this on. So we had the commission, which was that, They helped us develop the brief. We've done the surveys. And then we now are at the point. This is what we need to do. I don't know how much point there is me writing on here because actually you probably can't read it, can you? You can. Oh, nice. Um, What we need to do is uh, we basically need to send out all the surveys to the people in the manufacturers interested, get them to put in bids. We want them to bid uh, and and provide what's called a turnkey solution, which basically means they would take us from now right through to completion. So they do all the planning, all of the um, they'd work with us on design, things like that. When they've given us their sort of proposals, um, we need to come back to the church members and say, okay, this is where we're at. These are the options. These are the costs. Do we think God is in this because we 've only we 've only approved up to this point we 've only felt like God is saying yes to the point of getting surveys done and getting proposals from the manufacturers. so what are the costs involved okay so pre development which is planning and uh, well pre planning stuff development sorry spelling isn 't a, a natural thing pre development getting us through planning, I would say. And it's not a guess, this is from working with the, oh gosh, from working with the manufacturers about seven to ten thousand pounds. Okay? I'm not very clear as to where that money comes from yet. Then there's development costs, which is actually building the thing. That is from a hundred to one hundred and thirty thousand pounds. I'm reasonably confident that we'll be able to find some social investment that will cover that cost, that we would basically repay in monthly installments that matched the rent that we got in from the tenant. So I'm not worried about that figure, okay? Uh, and we've had a few people already express interest in that investment. Once we've done that, the real, the real bulk of the work is actually in the management of the property because it's the easy thing is buying the thing. That's the glamorous stuff. And then you've got to manage it. So that's tenancy agreements, that's um, maintenance, insurance, all that stuff, making sure that whoever lives there, hopefully Aaron in the first instance, loves living there and it's and it's and it's flowing tickety boo. The ways in which you can get involved and support this project are we need um, I want your skills. I want design skills, so I've already spoken to David Judson, who's who's a uh, professional architect, about the design of it. But if you've got experience or passion to look at design with me, I'd love your help. Tenancy agreements, haven't got a foggiest, also can't spell it. Um, I've already had a little chat with Dave Peregrine about that, and he's, he's up for helping me with that part. But if you have experience of um, social housing or anything like that, I'd love your help. And then the other one is if you know of people who might be interested in funding it in terms of that social investment, then that'd be really useful. If there was anyone who who felt like God was saying to donate seven to ten thousand pounds to do the pre-development costs, I'd be more than happy to facilitate your donation. (laughs) <laughs> if, uh, if anyone knew of a funder who was who did sort kind of social investment who, who'd be interested in investing for the whole thing, some, some of them do that. Obviously, I'd be interested in that as well. That's a broad brushstroke update of this opportunity. Any questions? I appreciate this is a lot of just detail. Any questions about that? Does it make sense? Any concerns? Any ex- things that are exciting you about it? Dan? Uh, why just one person? Why not a family? Thanks, Dan. So um, there, there is a minimum space requirement that the council set for how much living space must you have, uh, maybe not per person, but for it to be decent accommodation. The amount of space we've got, about 40 metres squared, is just above what I think is thirty. the minimum of 37 metres squared that's required for One person. So the short answer is we just don't have the space to do more than that. We explored digging down and whether we could put a two-story property in there. Um, None of the manufacturers we spoke to said that that was really feasible. We are also looking at, um, with one of them, whether there are other bits of land that we could use. Maybe putting something on stilts just by the front door or something. That could mean we could have another single-person accommodation. But understandably, none of the manufacturers are really willing to do that work unless they know that we're actually going to work with them because it's a lot of work for no money. So they're, so um, it's not a closed door, but that's the does that answer that? Yeah, David. Um, does, does, is the idea that the accommodation essentially comes with a, a paid job in terms of the call to the minister life of the church? Um, some of this is detail that needs to be worked out. I, I don't think necessarily that we want to link the accommodation with the job. In this scenario, the individual Aaron does work for the church, but that, I don't think that necessarily means that we want to set ourselves up that any subsequent people would have to be working for the church. Um, we'll see how that goes with planning, and that may need to change. Jane, just one or two more questions on this.
1: is is that still linked or what, what is the involvement of them now you know do you know what i mean
0: can you say it to the microphone sorry jane
1: yeah what's the the link now with the archbishop and that group of people now and going on
0: yeah um short answer is nothing but there is a group of projects that were um they worked with they, the aim of that project was to get you to the point where you knew how they gave you a roadmap of how you would achieve the development that you wanted to achieve. There was never any offer of um, any hand holding or support to actually achieve that unless we wanted to pay the consultants. I'd love to say that the Archbishop is personally investing in this project, but I've not been given that information yet just looking at the camera there in case he's watching you know (laughs) all right one one (laughs) yeah any any final questions on that yes i don't know your name
1: sorry i'm a visitor uh apologies and uh i'm trying to keep my mouth shut but uh the, the the quick question is is uh if at the moment you 've got a, is it a single guy who 's uh, going to be called to this, what happens once uh, uh, our moves on and uh, there 's someone who wants to do minster work but is a, has a family? will you then repurpose the annex for single people just needing somewhere to live
0: it 's a great question, Bill um, again, a lot of that w- we just don 't know in terms of the future w- what we do know. Is that um, the vision? Is to is is this? So we'd want any future people who live there to be um, someone who's been on a recovery journey with us, who uh, needs affordable housing and otherwise wouldn't be able to afford it, who's called to this local area. Now, this is not the only way that we could facilitate that vision. So, if a family came to us, uh, let's say a low-income family who'd been through a recovery journey, and they said, "We we really feel called to the Minster." It's, it's not like we have to go, oh gosh, we've only got this solution to that problem. We could go, well, this doesn't fit you, but let's pray and find another solution that does fit you. Because this is, this is all about the first step of a next chapter for the church, not the only solutions that's ever going to be workable. This is our first step in taking the land. Um, could it be repurposed for more than one person? I, I think it would be a double room property, but I just don't know about the space requirements and things like that. So... A poor answer, but I hope it's restricted by foresight, which I don't have. So, sorry. But any more questions about it, please do come to me. Final one is 264 Hotwells Road. Okay, so this is a property that Silas and used to live in. Charlie and Lucy currently live in it. And this is what it's about, to enable Charlie and Lucy to lead a community house in 264 with a vision to disciple youth. Now, I've highlighted in 264, because one question would be, does it need to be that property? Okay? Um, yes. <laughs> I can explain more uh, if you want. To disciple youth, what do we mean by dis- disciple youth? Well, we mean the youth from this church who are part of this church, but we also mean youth in the local community and that, and that Charlie, I know, is passionate to, to see how he can develop those opportunities as well. So I, I highlighted that so that you didn't just think it's about looking after our own, okay? It's actually about giving Charlie and Lucia a base and, and the community they live with a base in the local area to um, enable them to pursue youth ministry here, okay? Where are we up to? I wish I had more jokes for you to lighten this, but I'm very, I'm short of them right now. Okay, so we have, we've explored the best ownership model because there are a few different ways that we looked at. One was that Charlie and Lucy owned it. One was that we owned it um, with them in a shared ownership kind of agreement. Where we got to with that was that basically Charlie and Lucy want to focus on ministering and discipling youth. They don't want to focus on managing a eight bed grade two listed building. Fair enough. So um, it seemed the best way to enable them to do their ministry was by not making them own the property. We have um, they've already started the vision. They're already living there. So um oh, I won't write that. that. So that, so it's not something new that we're waiting to begin. They're actually, they're renting the property and they're doing this already. We've had a dialogue with the current owner and she wants to sell it to the church. She actually wants it to go to us so that we can keep doing good work in the local community. Um, and we, we just had a building survey done, a full building survey. And I'm, i 'm going to go and, whoop, go and see the owner on Thursday at the property to kind of talk it through, because um, there are, there are a few things of note <laughs> shall we say um, that's where we've got to. What do we need to do? Okay? We need to agree a price. I think we're looking somewhere between seven hundred and nine hundred thousand pounds, okay which is which is very good um, very good value for the local area we're talking this is a seven bed property with a basement flat included in it um, We need to find funding if you 've looked at our accounts at any point over the, well ever <laughs> we don 't have that money <laughs> okay so we need to find funding and um then we need to complete the purchase. And then again, the really big one is we need to manage it. Okay? This, this bit, is like 2% of the work. Ongoing management, the bulk. Because the vision is for it to be a center of uh, mission uh, management, uh, mission in the local area for years, for decades. Okay? So the purchase is a small part of the, the